It is radical to love my queerness in my brown body as a brown, black, mixed body because every breath is an homage to living with violence and thriving in spite of it. This episode of Art Movements, I've invited Hyperallergic's own Zachary Small to host. This is our first in a series of Pride Month podcasts sponsored by Swan Auction Galleries in celebration of their first ever Pride sale on June 20th. This episode, he speaks with artist Christina Pitter about her important solo performance piece, Decolonizing the Color of Queerness. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of the Hyperallergic Art Movements podcast celebrating the beginning of Pride Month. What is June? It's a time for the LGBTQ community to come together and reflect on the ongoing fight for equality, even as we honor the hard-won achievements by queer activists past and present. It's also an opportunity to reflect on the rich creativity and diversity of our friends and chosen families. That's why Hyperallergic is putting a special spotlight on the queer arts community this month. Writers, philosophers, activists, illustrators, painters, sculptors, poets, filmmakers, performers, drag queens, everyone, all creative people. We want to hear from queer artists in their own words. Along those lines, we are running a 2019 Pride in Art series with support from our friends at Swan Auction Galleries, who are running their Pride Sale, a curated auction of material related to the LGBTQ experience and the gay rights movement on June 20th, 2019 at their location at 104 East 25th Street in Manhattan. Today's podcast is part of that series, and this is staff writer Zachary Small, and joining me today in the studio is a good friend of mine, the artist and storyteller, Christina Pitter. Hello, hello. Hi, thank you for joining <laughs> us. Thank you for having me. So I wanted to bring you in because you've been developing a work that I've had my eye on for the past year, which is called Decolonizing the Color of Queerness. Oh, yes. Um, it was a beautiful opportunity to be able to work on this with the Queer Performance Residency at Leslie Lohman Museum. And yeah, I've spent the last year fine-tuning it a bit, um, throwing things away, coming back mm. to it, and it's still not in a finalized place, but the writing is flowing, which is the most important thing. That's great. So tell me a little bit more about yourself. So you've kind of had a crazy year, right? <laughs> so you're not only an artist and an actress, you also do sex education. Tell me a little bit about the roles that you've had that have been your favorite. Yeah. So uh, as an artist, being an interdisciplinary artist, which is so wild to like think of what is my title, um, because I love everything. And I feel very fortunate to be able to tap into all those realms, whether it's doing theater, writing, doing burlesque at the Met Opera, which is... Was that in Cosi Fantuti? That is Cosi Fantuti, indeed. And also a professional naked person in <laughs> Mephistopheles, just <laughs> being a naked body double, which kind of leads into being a sex educator as well. Mm -hmm. I love being a sex educator, and though it's not at the forefront of my work right now, it's always a foundation that serves me in regards to body inclusivity, body positivity, uh, how we talk about sex education and sex rights, truly, body autonomy. And I used to work for a sex toy shop that some folks might know, Babeland. And getting a step into the world of queerness and otherness was 
really helmed, held? No, <laughs> really <laughs> thrusted forth by working there and being able to be welcomed into such a beautiful community of people doing sex education and being able to get a glimpse into other worlds that aren't so heteronormative and, right. and cis-normative in regards to how we talk about inclusivity and pleasure and and how we tell stories with mm -hmm. our bodies. Which is kind of what this work is about, right? So decolonizing the color of queerness is exactly about bodies and history, ancestry and heritage and Completely. culture. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about this before we get into <laughs> what we're about to hear. Yeah. Uh, so when this started from my first show, Decolonizing My Vagina, which is a solo show exploring what it means to be a fat, queer woman of color who has dated primarily white men and women. What does that mean? What does it mean to decolonize? And then having this kind of tangent story that I wanted to investigate the color of queerness and how I feel so lacking in having queer ancestors, uh, both of blood and community, not having access to all the information about them, the their stories and, and their presence. And they're there, of course, but it takes a lot of, of digging and having to pull away all of this nonsense in order to get to the heart and the love and the truth that's there. And... Um, I mean, it's very, it's very timely <laughs> with being able to advocate for all of our human rights, but especially black and brown bodies and, and queer bodies and trans folk. And yeah, I, I wanted to investigate what it means to go back to how we always were before mm -hmm. we were labeled as an other and a dangerous thing while also investigating where does the word queer come from? Because <laughs> I feel it's very, uh, a very American or Eurocentric term. And I know we've spoken about this a bit and I thinking on where we started, ideally, <laughs> in this place of complete, complete love and support without putting labels on things. And I think about indigenous folk and mm -hmm. two-spirit and, and people that I know that identify with that and and how, how we've been so far removed from the simplicity of it. Yeah, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a lot to unpack. <laughs> Great. Yeah. And so it's kind of about coming to the center of self with that history in tow. Yeah. Great. So with that in mind, please, by all means, take it away. Thank you. study. Yes, a study and a lecture. No, rather, a study, a lecture, and a moment of pause. Release anything you're holding. Breath, judgment, anxiety. <laughs> Release it and breathe with me for a moment. In through the nose and out through the mouth. <laughs> Beautiful. Once more, in through the nose and out through the mouth. 
And one last time, in through the nose. And out through the mouth. And as you continue that breath, I want you to close your eyes for a moment. Be here with me for a moment. Eyes closed and simply breathing. Let your eyes stay softly closed, taking in this moment, this time, this space. And as you allow yourself to do so, I want you to think about what's on the slab, what is on display. Take note and with your eyes still softly closed, imagine yourself readied with supplies of paper, pen, canvas, paint, and a glass of wine or whatever you may be indulging in. <laughs> and prepare your supplies. And when I tell you, open your eyes and draw, paint, sculpt what is on display, what is being shown, what is being showcased. What do you choose to see? What do you choose to examine? What do you choose to revere or stay clear from? Take note and open your eyes. There is a seeking, a searching, a pining, a yearning with questions running through my head, my body holding bodies before me. Questions burned on canvas, pressed on film, painted in lucid dreams. I want to find myself in the relics of strangeness. My history is faded and lost. It's buried in conversations. The idea of ancestors falls on deaf ears and dumb mouths when the mention of the color of queerness is spoken. The idea of ancestors that banded together in otherness when it comes to love that couldn't be explained or embraces that hold more than the normal gaze that you could find in a family or friend. Attraction falling out of the hetero lanes is where I cultivate my past, present, and future domains. But my foundation is missing. Crucial pieces in the frame. They are claimed by oppressive forces, fear and shame. How do I find home? How do I carve these paths in the music, in the poetry, in the movement? I'll find you. If I keep looking, will I find them staring back? Will I find you staring back, wild wind ancestors? It is radical to love my queerness in my brown body as a brown, black, mixed body because every breath is an homage to living with violence and thriving in spite of it. To sit and wonder the price paid to live freely, shedding shame from skin. Hmm. Oh, my soul communion drips forth from my ancestors' nectar sweet and raw. The season is ripe, juicy, sweet flesh begging forth slick tongues and sharp teeth, giving into heat, bright fires extinguishing the notion of fear, aching to open soft salt petals with my tongue, your moans on my mouth. Pero mi niña, ¿qué tú haces con ella? Este blanquita aquí. What are you doing with her? You'll be hurt again, lonely again. Ah, but I like kissing her <laughs> a lot. She says uh, it's best we don't follow through. But wouldn't you want to keep the pleasure of something you never knew? Someone who sees all of you? 
Ay, mi hija, did you forget, dear, the oyen pouring off of you? Fill your vessels first. So what do you see when you look at me? What do you choose to see? What do you choose to examine, revere, or stay clear from? What do you see in my roundness? What do you see in my skin? What do you see in my hair that roams every which where? Can you see the light-skinned lover's shadow casting fair hands in comparison to my brown-black battle scars? Do you prefer me hidden away? Do you prefer me strung up for your pleasure view, ambiguous lust? If I keep looking, will I find them staring back? Wild wind ancestors, I know they exist. We were hidden for so long. Cultures wiped out a searing white hand, clearing the land of everything lush and free. So by the time we come back around to finding the truth in our sex and sensuality, they've aligned queerness with whiteness, and it's a whole other mess to navigate my otherness. Do I need to tell you again who threw that brick? Who started the riot? You have my people erased, mocked, and trampled to make room for your gay brudge example, and I'm tired. We're tired. I don't want to hold a competition on who has the most struggles. That's useless. <laughs> but you need to examine your privilege, as I do mine. Do you, uh, would anyone like a piece of pie? Humble pie, that is. Uh, I make it fresh each day. Now, the crust is always the same. Three cups of bones crushed from the weight of hate, ground finely with the ashes of cultures burned, rounded out with a cup of pure sugar cane that my people picked, and sprinkled with the precious parts of day spent soothing the pain of living so we may rise again. It's a thick, firm crust, kneaded with strong hands and stronger souls. It's a heavy, dense crust, coated with coconut oil so we don't crack under the pressures and restraints from a world that values greed over equality and decency. You see, it's a crust that isn't flaky, but instead made of resilience and persistence, rolled out and pressed into tins, well-greased in saints and sins, ready to be filled with Something, something sweet, like the strawberries you eat on a hot summer's day, ripe fruit bursting on your fingertips, lick your lips, relish in this, it won't always be there, ready to be filled with something salty, like the waves crashing at your feet and the tears that fall as you breathe in and out and you marvel at the ocean. You marvel at the relentless hope and courage your ancestors had crossing the waters, crossing the lands with no plan other than to survive. Remember this, it's your history. Ready to be filled with something savory, <laughs> like the sancocho your abuelita made, that your mom made, big pots of delicious heritage, yuca platanito pite, un poquito de arroz, and your papi made sure the plate was cleared. Don't you dare let anything go to waste. Kneaded, rolled, pressed, filled, baked, set, cooled. I cut a slice. I cut a slice, know my worth, and check my ego. I cut a slice, pray for blessings, and check my privilege. Wash it down with a glass of grace and remember where I come from. 
what I'm made of, who came before me and who will hopefully come and rise after me. And I remember there is a responsibility that is bigger than you or me. So I make humble pie. Have a piece with me? Yamaya Oshun Chango, ayúdame por favor, ayúdame, dame tu bendición. Su bendición para una vida con amor, prosperidad y paz. Paz y prosperidad y amor para mis amigas, mi familia y todo el mundo. Gracias. Ashe. 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 Blessings in the pond. Wet walks along beach gravel, joy around the bend, swim near the drop-off. The dark is cool and tempting, unburdened bodies cast off their covers, laying waste to convention allows redemption. Remember this place, tenderness and slick waters filling your vessels, summer storms give birth to wildness and cosmic souls, freedom in our skin. Humble pie and a glass of grace. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you for having me. And it's really great. One of the words that I noticed you're repeating at the end was ashe. Can you tell me a little bit about what that word means to you? Yeah, um, ashe means the power to make things happen. And it's rooted in the Yoruba tradition. And some folks say ashe, aho, aho. I know aligns most closely to Tahino tradition, which is also part of my lineage, and um, an easy way to connect to the, the same, um, what would you say, basis. Uh, some people would understand it like, oh, the same way you say amen, that kind of thing. It's putting a, a yes on a blessing. It's a confirmation of self, of the thing you're invoking, mm. of spirit, and saying ashe. So would you say that this whole piece is sort of a blessing? Who's the blessing for? Uh, the blessing is for us all. The blessing of being able to have space and a voice to tell these stories. A blessing to keep creating these spaces and these pathways to learn and to hopefully allow more people to be inspired, to find out their ancestry and to make it a daily part of their lives mm -hmm. and to know that so many people don't want us to exist. We have been erased and wiped out and we're still here. Mm -hmm. And how to reclaim that and remove the shame from it. Because I know a lot, a lot of folks, you know, they didn't hide name because they were afraid of <laughs> being killed. Um, mm -hmm. But you and you're know, talking about queer people, people of color, indigenous people. Yeah, all, all in the one fell swoop of <laughs> all, all intersecting identities, right? Um, being queer, being brown, being black, indigenous, and the practices that we hold, mm -hmm. um, and how to go back to a place. Hmm. Oh, I get like 
<laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so emotional. Uh, go back to a place of home and mm-hmm. what that means. And yeah. this is a really emotional piece. And I'm sure, <laughs> you know, I'm sitting in the studio and I, I can see that it, it takes a toll. It's, it's beautiful every time that I hear it. It's really Thank beautiful. You. So I wonder, you know, so June is Pride Month and... You know, it's, it's a time for celebration as well. What are you going to do to celebrate? Oh, my goodness. There's so much happening. Well, um, I'm definitely going to the Dyke March. <laughs> yes. So the kind of alternative, more radical march to the oh, yeah. Pride March or Pride Parade, as some people call it. Erroneously. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't I don't have anything specific planned other than being being with my folks and by folks i mean all my dope ass queer people <laughs> yes <laughs> and and yeah and, and embracing it wholeheartedly and yeah because we're here and we're stronger together and and we can learn from each other right. and keep lifting each other up right a message of solidarity well thank you so much for joining me on the podcast it was an absolute joy thank you christina thank you so much mm-hmm.